What's up, ladies and germs? It is I, Stephen Lyelli, aka your Duke of Disputation, coming to you live. Well, I'm live right now, but you'll be seeing this post haste, post report. But um, this week on the Duke's Dive, we're going to be covering a couple different shows here. Um, of course, we'll be covering MLW, um, NXT. My brother in arms, Kevin, has uh, given his thoughts on that, and let's see how my thoughts compare to his. Um, moving forward, uh, I wanted to cover two little, first off the bat, two local promotions that happened over the past weekend. One I was able to attend, the other I was not able to attend, but I was able to watch through independent wrestling television. So, with that being said, we, I want to start off and give a short recap on True Wrestling No Guts No Glory from uh, March 30th, 2019 here. Um, I'm just going to give a short little rundown over the card and um, let you know what happened and see, uh, tell you the goings on here. Well, first of all, we welcome the step back, stepdads back to True Wrestling with a match against Sage Matthew and Alan Clayball. Alan Clayball, as you may remember, was AC Wolf at one point in time, now under a different name, under Alan Clayball. Um, him and Sage Matthews. Sage Matthews dropping the um, pure trash part of his style and moving on into something else. Something of excellence of... I don't know, but it was something he was shouting... And he shouted it quite as many times, but as far as many times as he shouted it, I still didn't get it. Cool, mostly because he didn't look at us when he was saying it, but he was saying something. I don't know what the heck he was saying. He was, I don't know, who knows. I think the kid's a little messed up and confused, and uh, that's exactly why the stepdads picked up a win in an impressive match on their day, on their, on their return match, as the stepdads pick up their win. And we move on to the next match, which is the Whisper versus Jason Furious versus Benny Slater. This triple threat match was incredible. And my boy the Whisper finally picks up his first win at True, although I didn't like to see Furious or Benny lose, but it seems like you could put the Whisper in a position to where he could either go good or bad. It, 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 it's up to him, but he did beat two. One, well, one main true favorite and one upstart true favorite in Benny Slater, the regular true favorite in Jason Furious, but. Both of those guys are crowd favorites, so to get a win on those guys, you know, I'm sure there's some jaded fans in the crowd, just like how I was a little jaded when, excuse me, the whisper lost to Luke Lee. A little dig at myself there, if you don't mind, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, with that being said, that was a great match, and we move on to something that was my match of the night. I know it might seem off on this kind of card, but to me it felt like an old school dojo show match. It's fe it felt like the best parts of the good old days of the dojo when we were all going there and having fun. And 
enjoying ourselves on a Friday evening, and it just reminded me of that time, so I give the nod to this match, which was Tommy Boy Floyd versus Ace Dallas, you know, two guys who were back in the dojo days, you know, uh, staples there, and I don't think they ever went one-on-one, although they may have gone together in a tag team match, if I'm not mistaken, which I might just be. Um, you know, as far as that goes, these guys are great. It was, they put on a good wrestling match for us, and, um, I got, I really was able to get into it, and, um, for me, it was my match of the night, because just the way the story progressed, and the way it made me feel like a part of that era had come back for one night in this match the dojo era and I you know I had seen Mr. Sean with his Apex wrestling shirt on just I wanted to let you know shout outs shout outs not shootouts but um we would move on into a match where Sam Adams took on Tim Rush RC and 51% owner KVT were arguing during the beginning parts of this match and RC said that if he wins this match if Sam Adams wins this match he should be given 100% control of the True Wrestling Show April 13th in Lamar, Pennsylvania and KVT said that if he wins, he would, if uh, Tim Rush wins, he would be given 100% control, but it wasn't good enough. He said he wanted RC to put up his 49%. So this night, RC put up his 49%, and the complete control over April 13th was put into the air as Samuel Adams took on Tim Rush in a grueling match, but despite his best efforts, Tim Rush came up short, and 100% control over the show April 13th at Lamar, Pennsylvania. True Wrestling's debut in Lamar, Pennsylvania goes to uh, reprobate Chad, repugnant cockroach. Um, really crazy guy. You know, RC. Jeez. He's going to have 100% control. You know, that probably means a couple guys in Smart Mark Alley with their season pass might get it revoked. So, who knows what goes on with that guy. He, he's not right in the cabeza, you know. So, he's kind of loco. He's kind of kooky. He's kind of crazy. You know, he had Desiree there to settle him down for a short period, but she's now moved on to be in her rightful spot managing Silent But Deadly which brings us on to the next match True Wrestling Tag Team Championship match True Wrestling Tag Teams on the line Silent But Deadly versus the Kings of Mustachery in a great match where Silent But Deadly finally regained their titles made history as the first ever two time True Tag Team Champions. So, congratulations to Sean Silence and Aaron Nasty, who finally resolved their little hug issue at the end, and 
you know, for right now, it seems like everything's right in the Wrestleverse with the titles on the waists and shoulders of Silent But Deadly, but as a fan of Blue but blue and Gold, I'd have to say that, um, that I wouldn't celebrate too much longer, because as soon as the officials from True Wrestling give them, to, give them that time to say, you get your True Wrestling tag team rematch, you know, I, I believe they're going to go for it, and they're going to be tag team champions. And, you know, might be Blue and Gold versus Silent But Deadly in a couple matches of catch-up. It could be Silent But Deadly versus, I mean, it could be Blue and Gold versus the Stepdads. You know, it could be Silent But Deadly versus the Stepdads. They might have a claim. You know, maybe True Wrestling needs to, excuse me. Open the True Test Tournament up to one half single competition of that night, one half True Tag Team Champions. So, you know, as far as that goes, it would be one match after the other. One single match for True Test Tournament, one tag team match for True Test Tournament. You know, so, you know, you know, some kind of like that. They like to shake things up. They shook things up a little bit last year, so you never know what what's going on in the creative mind and what kind of creative juices are flowing down there at True Wrestling. But I do know one thing, they've never let me down so far, personally, as far as the stories and going-ons go. So I'm uh, and eager to see what goes on there. Um, so as far as that goes, tag team... Champs, Silent But Deadly. We move on to Blue and Gold versus Bo Nakoda and Bull High Tower. That was a great match as well. Like I said, with um, Blue and Gold, I believe they're future tag team championship material. But unfortunately, in this match, they did not come up with the win. Um, as Bo Nakoda and Bull High Tower pulled that win off. But I guess that we'll have to see what. Blue and Gold are going to do from here. Maybe Blue and Gold will have to, say, face the Kings of Mustachery while the dominant team, Bonacota and Bull Hightower, take on the Stepdads for number one contendership towards the True Wrestling Tag Team Champion. You know? I don't know. It's just something going on there. Uh, as far as that goes, and leave that up to the creative staff, but I'm eager to see how this tag team stuff plays out, you know, everything is great with the singles stuff down there at True, but I really have a knack, an eye for the tag team guys down there, so that's where my mind is moving forward into April 13th as the True Tag Team Champion Chip titles we move on here to Clayton versus Aaron Anthony, which was also another great match, um Aaron, I didn't know, I, I knew it was no slouch in the ring, but he really surprised me with a lot of the moves he was pulling off, and just for the simple fact that he kept up with, and even at some times, huh, bested Clayton in this match, acrobatically, or, you know, I mean, uh, a couple of those little tit-for-tat things went in Aaron's way, I do believe, um, of course, you know the the uh, movement 
would not see this ending come to a happy conclusion for Aaron. So they uh, got involved, and Aaron Anthony has won by disqualification, but Clayton keeps the title. You know, Luke Lee, who is still on the injured list, come out to avenge his tag team partner and other various promotions in Aaron Sweet, uh, Sour Aaron Anthony. So what we're going to see from there going forward, I don't know. Maybe a tag team there. or I, I'd like to see Clayton versus Aaron again. And um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, one of the, maybe we'll see a, a triple threat match. Clayton, Aaron, and Luke. That could be good as well. So with that being said, we move into the... Main event of the evening, Trajan Horn versus Tony Deppen uh, for the True Wrestling Championship, Heavyweight Championship title. Um, I'll tell you, I was asked before this match who I thought would win, and I was saying I don't really know who was going to win, but if Deppen does win, he is the... I mean, if I, I kind of... I chose Deppen because of... You know, just how dominant he had been in the True Test tournaments and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, it, it, there's something about the True Test, the, the True Championship, the True Heavyweight Championship title, excuse me, that just brings out a different competition level in depth. And so I just thought he would be winning this match. But I did say that if the Chubby Daddy picks this win up, I said he must be and he will be considered the daddy of them all for being able to pull out a win against Tony Deppen in a high-caliber match like this. And he did. On his own, clean win, clean victory. We move on to the end, and here comes Bull Hightower. And um, we learned that the April 13th, the True Championship title will be defended in a special bull rope match. It will be Trajan Horn versus... Bull Hightower, and the special guest referee will be the RC. So, as far as that goes, we got a good match, but the referee is kind of a pain in the ass-key. So, as far as that goes, we'll move into Excite, which happened the Friday before, and um, while I do have some notes here, I will try to cover these quickly and move on fluidly. Um, show starts off with Ring Crew Warriors versus LDC and Ash Aubrey. Uh, Brad DeMaio on commentary. You know, lots of heat for the Ring Crew Warriors from the Excite crowd. Anarchy playing friendly to Brooklyn Joe. But um, as far as that goes, I, I feel like he was more setting those guys up. I feel like he's not as friendly as he Let's on and there's a dark side to anarchy that we aren't seeing either in Excite, Northern Tier, or ECPW where he holds the 607 championship title. Um, Mr. 123, Jim Holbert as the referee. Um, rivalry between LDC and anarchy really showing in this match as Jeff puts his glass eye in LDC's mouth. Um, nice little flipping leg drop, though, from Anarchy, but 
this match concludes with LJ winning with a pretty much like the eat defeat. Which moves on to Rotmir versus Lamar Hawkins versus Macho Pedro. This was a really good match. Lamar Hawkins was a former Excite student. Um, this match ending in a DQ. DQs Rotmir and Lamar as they get a double count out, which was kind of reminiscent to the last time we had seen Lamar Hawkins up there at Excite versus Grizzly Rodriguez. So, a little callback there. Um, which was not the case in this match, the next one, which was Greg Excellent versus Alexander James, because I did think that Alexander James was barred from Excite as he lost that match last time in a loser leaves Excite match, you know. But moving on, we see that Greg is now on the keto diet and he's changed for the better. Um,. He did five push-ups in the match where James went to go do push-ups to match him and then he flipped him up with the O'Connor roll for not a win, but then Alexander James was using his wrist tape in a in the submission move that he um he had there and uh I had made that mention of that in a couple different times on the road where a guy would use the wrist tape, start using the wrist tape as a weapon. Um, match reaches a 10 minute time limit, comes to a draw, James attacks the referee, James gives respect to Greg, you know, tells him he appreciates him, and then he attacks him from behind, after they embrace with a handshake, and he tell, takes off uh, Jim Helbert's belt and just chokes him with it. The next match we got is the Dying Breed, which is um, Rob Cook and Axel Lennox versus Boots and Lariats. Rob Cook was hilarious from the beginning, mouthing off to fans. Holiday with a decent tightrope arm drag. Rob Cook screaming after Pat was going to go and attempt a moonsault off the off the cur- off the um, apron onto the crowd. So he kind of. Started screaming on that one. That was pretty funny. Rob and Axel play smart team together on this one. They mesh together very well. Um, this is a part of a tag team tournament going on down there, as we heard f- from the uh, announcer before the match. Um, Pat catches Cook off the top. He beats down Axel with him with Rob Cook. Yes, you heard that right. They hit the double team big boot, but Cook wasn't the le- um Pat wasn't the legal man. It was Garrett Holiday, so there was some miscommunication there. It costs them the match to Dying Breed who advanced in the tournament, but I really did expect a physical altercation at the end of this here between Pat Sawyer and Garrett Holiday, but there wasn't. Everything's good for now. Which moves us on to LSG versus Ray Phoenix. You can tell these two guys are two television wrestlers who are on TV on a consistent basis because this match was amazing from the start. Amazing ability from, you know, Phoenix. LSG matches that. Tit for tat. Both guys kill it. Phoenix with an amazing acrobatic tightrope display that, like, 
made the crowd go nuts. I'd love to see LSG and MLW in their middleweight division. You don't hardly ever see Ray Phoenix go singles. It's usually tag teams these days, but he would also be good there in the singles one. Ray wins with a muscle buster into a, like a Rubik's Cube. And then um, Ray shows respect to LSG, gets on the microphone and says he wants to thank everyone for coming. Leads us on into the international title match, which is Ethan Page versus MJF versus Joey Ryan versus Slick Wagner Brown versus Brian Pillman Jr. in a five-way. Ethan Page and MJF continue their little rivalry going on throughout the multiverse, the Wrestleverse here. Um, we all, they had uh, all four guys super kick Joey Ryan and his dong. Uh, slick ending MJF get, or excuse me, yeah, they had a funny tossing spot where all five guys lined up and grabbed each other's dongs, Joey Ryan goes to flip them, they duck it, reverse it, and throw him, the ending was kind of slick, I thought, where MJF gets super kicked by Ethan Page for the win, Ethan Page, retains his international title as we move into Dante Drago versus Amari McKnight I think this was like a possible student match both of these guys were pretty young you know standard match they're both pretty good Dante wins that one um moves us on to Anthony Gangone versus Richard Holiday Gangone wrestling with a broken hand and finger that he obtained this past weekend Holiday being a sissy about his jacket, wanted it hung up on a chair. Um, Gangone's still deadly with that broken hand. However, Holiday wins with a swinging neckbreaker move after he, like, kicked um, the broken hand of Gangone. This moves us on to our semi-main, Joe Gacy versus Pentagon Jr. for the title. Gacy comes out with three titles. One of those is the Evolved Tag Team title. Gacy with an Excite... Um, has been with Excite since day one, we hear on commentary. Second... Um, between this match, it was like a super hard-hitting style right from the beginning. Super smash mouth, hard-hitting style from both Gacy and... Um, Pentagon Jr. dive in the crowd that almost uh, knocked a couple people over and Juice almost got to keep a couple wrestlers because you know in indie wrestling if they land in your lap you get to keep them. So she would have had quite a collection right there with Joe Gacy and uh, Pentagon Jr. But Gacy hits his signature move into a submission for the win which brings us on to Stockade versus Sean Corn a fan brings a weapon match. Brad DeMaio describes basically what a gusset plate is. This match was basically Thanos versus Thor. Uh, you know, Sean Carr come out with the Infinity Gauntlet with thumbtacks taped to him. And, um, Sean, uh, excuse me, Stockade had a Stormbreaker with thumbtacks. Stockade, no, I mean, yeah. Stockade, no stranger to hardcore. And Sean Carr was showing that he as well was also no stranger to a good hardcore match. Um, as he gave a Death Valley driver after a big boot through a table to Stockade. In this match, Dying Breed did interfere, though. Um, 
the match is pretty much basically a draw, and it sets up for the Dying Breed, which is Rob Cook, Axel Lennox, and Stockade, versus Boots, the team I'm going to call Boots, Lariats, and Smirks, Sean Carr, I mean, uh, Sean Carr, Smirks, Lariats, Garrett Holiday, and Boots, and Pat Sawyer, so with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and move on to my coverage of NXT. I know my brother Kevin had covered a little bit. Um, of course, I don't want to make this too long, and he's already given his point of view, which is great about Smart Mark Alley. We all have different sets of views here, and we all see our wrestling a little bit differently. And I just want to give my little rundown as well, but if you want to hear KJ's, good old KJ's opinion on this, just check all over to the previous episode, click that one, and listen to my man give his opinion on NXT in a little short segment, something I don't know how to do. I don't know how to do a short podcast. So, first of all, I had to say I love the theme. It was very reminiscent to the old school 90s Raw theme. Um... I hadn't noticed that last week. NXT TakeOver is this Friday as well as a million other live events going on. Interspecies Boner Jam 4, Family Reunion, um, Orange Cassidy is doing something or whatever. There's a, a lot of stuff going on this week. Just check out Independent Wrestling TV. Um, you could use the code TRUE20 for two days, 20 days off free, or you could also use the code MJF sucks because he does, you know, so you could also use that code MJF sucks for 20 free days to independent wrestling TV. But anyway, NXT TakeOver uh, TakeOver New York is Friday. The War Raiders, we opened this contest up with the War Raiders versus who I'm going to call local competitors. It was a squash match, but showed off a very impressive finisher from the um, War Raiders, who then get on the mic and say, you don't have to watch. You don't have to listen. Just watch. Then they have another match with Cesar Bonini and Adrian Jawd. This was also a squash, but in glorious fashion. Then we get a very awesome promo about Pete Dunn versus Walter. Two guys who, just like Kevin, I'm not very familiar with. I'm pretty familiar with um, Pete Dunn, but I haven't done my due diligence on watching NXT UK at all. And I really need to start. But with that being said... Pete Dunne has been on a quite a title reign with the NXT UK Championship title, and um, I'm pretty sure it's worth going back and watching some of that stuff on NXT UK. Um, like I said, I haven't seen too much of it, but from what I hear, it's very good. Um... Like I said, it was clear to see, though, with these packages, they they just invoke something different. Like me, I don't know too much about these guys, but they still have got me invested into watching the story. I want to see what happens. I'm getting goosebumps off of a story that I don't even know much about because these packages are done right. I don't know how NXT does it so much better 
and nails it so much more correctly than the other two main shows. It's just, it's kind of insane there. And, um, with that being said, we move on to the next match. Oni Lorcan versus Jackson Ryder. Jackson, a part of the Forgotten Sons that we learned about last week, was they took on, um, Ricochet and Aleister Black. Semi-squash with Jackson looking really dominant, but Lorton, L- or- Lorkin looked really tight with a resistant, with a res- looked really resistant, resilient with a tight comeback there. Um, as my mother screams in the background at the dogs that she just can't keep stockpiling. And, uh, we get to, excuse me, Lorcan mounts like an impressive comeback, but at the end of it, he's taken out by Jackson Ryder as the Forgotten Sons stand strong, and, you know, are we going to see that team versus the Forgotten Sons here soon? Maybe. Who knows? Then we get another amazing promo package with Gargano versus Adam Cole. And another one with the Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle. They know how to tell stories over here in NXT, which is just something that is missing on the main roster, in my opinion. I don't know. We get Bianca Valera in the main event versus Kerry Sane for the spot in the women's Fatal 4-Way, I think. Something like that. Um, pretty fluidly technical match here. Nice back and forth between the ladies with contrasting styles. Neat little double rolling neck snap from... Clean Kerry Sane. Bianca kicks out of a Kambuki elbow drop standing. A seated superplex and it was standing moonsault pinning roll segment from Bianca, which I thought was pretty awesome. Then Shayna Baszler does what she does and she interrupts this match. She kind of messes everything up. So Bianca sends out it was a big kerfuffle between all the ladies and the whole entire ladies locker room comes to the ring but Io Sharia stands tall out of that the something of the sky like I said I haven't been watching that too much but I'm eager to see some more stuff out of these ladies I'm eager to see what goes on as far as NXT goes will Shayna Baszler keep the title or there will be somebody else taking her spot so with that being said I'm going to move on to the meat and potatoes of this MLW episode 51 episode 151 starts off with um, Selena De La Renta giving a pep talk to El Hijo De La Park a promotionist Dorada pep talk segment basically we move on to Ariel Dominguez versus Daga. Ariel, a member of the Iowa wrestling team. Low key's on commentary with Jim Cornette. It's great. Low key past issue with Daga. Ripping at his ear and almost ripping the man's ear off comes up. Conan was supposed to make a return, I think, next week or something like that. It was a great technical back and forth match here. Uh, Cornette gives the detailed information on Daga's trainer, Negro Nefaro, calls him the Mexican Nick Bockwinkle. It was a very good match with both competitors meshing up well. Daka wins with a modified brain buster, and then Daka and 
uh, Loki get into a mouth battle after this match. We move on to Myron Reed cutting a promo saying he will be accepting Teddy Hart's open middleweight challenge. And then we get an HL2 promo, Hart Foundation cuts promo on the Dynasty. So that's something to watch out for. Go back and watch MLW episode 51 live and free on YouTube. We got Ricky Martinez versus Airwolf. Um, WWE takes away names, MLW adds them because now it is Ricky El Sicario Martinez. We find out here that Airwolf is only 19 years old. Airwolf with an amazing crossbody to the outside. Cornette says Selena de, de la Renta told him she doesn't manage wrestlers. She showcases premier Latin and international talent. Ricky Martinez wins this by knocking a distracted Airwolf off the top with a pop-up power cord, pop-up like ripcord knee strike after that. Contra Unit cut a promo on their part of their, their path of dominance on MLW. Says they will salt the earth with the ashes of their enemies. The Dynasty cut a return promo on the Hart Foundation. Hammerstone is looking like Brad Pitt via Fight Club in this one. Um, a couple entrants added to the MLW Battle Riot, which would be Avalanche Robert Dreisker from Westside Wrestling, Westside Extreme Wrestling, Jimmy Yuda, Ray Horace, Cotto Brazil, Ricky Martinez, Lance Anawai, Myron Reed, Richard Holiday, Rich Swan, Jordan Oliver, the Dirty Blondes, Dan the Beast Severin will be the last member there. Um, we get a promo from Tom Lawler talking about his loss to Jimmy Havoc, how it was just a bump in the road. They'll see that guys at the next pay per view. Daga cuts a promo saying he is here to kill Loki. Selena De La Renta can't find El Hio de El Hio Park. Um, we move on to the main event: Myron Reed versus Teddy, an MLW middleweight title match. Myron was fine. The last show we find out Teddy Hart is as crazy as a rainbow in a, a rainbow trout in a car wash, according to Jim Cornette, who has said this now several times. Um, he said that Teddy Hart should put a ham sandwich on. Myron Reed's back and starve him to death. Teddy with uh, injured ribs in this match. Teddy kind of like pukes up blood, but nobody really mentions it. I thought Cornette would have gone on a little semi-rant about the whole uh, Ring of Honor incident, but we didn't see that, so that's good, I guess. We get a springboard Hurricane Rana off the top rope from Myron. And uh, Byron Pillman screaming after Reed blocked the springboard moonsault. And, um... We get Teddy winning with his uh, with a backslide here after Myron was jawjacking to the referee. They're still playing up on that, attacking the referee angle. And um, after that, we find that it fi looks like Selena De La Renta found El Hio De La Park. But it wasn't El Hio De La Park. It was Mance Warner in disguise as he attacks. Um... As he goes and attacks Pentagon Jr. So with that being said. I got a little bit of stuff I want to talk to you about. As far as Wrestlemania weekend goes. I do want to do my due diligence to cover that. As far as what's going to be happening. I want to at least cover NXT TakeOver New York. 
which will be happening Friday. We got Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole in a two out of three falls match for the NXT Heavyweight Championship title. My pick is Adam Cole, baby. Um, I don't know. I just we've been on a kick where the good guys are losing left and right. It seems like so. I just feel like. They're still not going to say it's time for Gargano, and the the, the title's going to go to Adam Cole. It could go the other way, but, you know, I guess we'll have to see. Shayna Baszler versus Kerry Sane versus Io Shirai versus Bianca Belair. The NXT Women's Championship match, my pick is Bianca Belair because she is undefeated. Um, NXT North American Championship Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle. My pick is Velveteen Dream. Uh, the NXT Tag Team Championship match: The War Raiders versus Ricochet and Aleister Black. My pick is the War Raiders. Then we got Pete Dunne versus Walter. My pick is that Pete Dunne will re- retain going in and coming out as the UK Championship champion. So. I just wanted to cover what we know about WrestleMania coming up. Um, I don't know if we'll do a who booked this crap, but um, at this doubt, at this point, it's kind of doubtful. But I just want to give a little bit of a preview on what's going to happen. First of all, we got the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale. We got some competitors in there as far as Asuka, Carmella, Naomi, Dana Brooke, Mickey James, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan. Lana, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Zelina Vega, and Nikki Cross. My pick is Asuka. Then we got the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale with Braun Strowman, Michael Shea, Colin Dost. I don't know who that is. I don't know why I even wrote them down, but they told me. Well, they were written down in the notes anyway. Ginger Mahal, No Way Jose, Bobby Roode, Chad Gable, Kalisto, Grand Metalik, Lindsay Dorado, Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel, Heath Slater, Rhino, Connor, Victor, Andrade, Ali, Shelton Benjamin, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Otis Dozovic, Tucker Knight, and EC3. My pick there is going to be Otis Dozovic. I hope they do something with this win instead of just having it be a trophy to sit on the shelf. I hope this does something for whoever wins it, but I'm hoping that Otis Dozovic comes out on top with this one, and I hope it does something for his career, actually. So, we move on. Cruiserweight match, championship match between Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese. I'm going to go with uh, Tony Nese taking the title on this one. We move into Intercontinental Championship match. Bobby Lashley versus the the demon now, the demon Finn Balor. And I'm picking the demon Finn Balor to finally be the Intercontinental Champion on this one. We go into the United States Championship, which is Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. I pick Samoa Joe to retain the United States Championship title. We got the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match. Bailey and Sasha versus Natalia and Beth Phoenix versus Nia Jax and Tamina versus the Iconics. I think this is a great way to lengthen their reign and start new feuds I think Bailey and Sasha will end up picking up a win here we got AJ Styles versus Randy Orton my pick there is AJ Styles who then go on to face the new WWE heavyweight well the heavyweight champion whoever wins 
Anyway, we got uh, Shane McMahon versus The Miz. My pick there is Shane McMahon. Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. My pick there is Roman Reigns. We got a retirement match. Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. I don't think Kurt Angle is going to lose that. I pick Kurt Angle. We got Triple H versus Batista. I think that I, I I think that and I hope that Batista wins this one. I guess Triple H has a very expensive in, uh, entrance coming our way, so I guess that's something to look out for. I always liked his entrances at WrestleMania. We got Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. I think Kofi's going to do it. I think he's going to pull out a win here. I think he's going to be the new WWE Heavyweight Champion. And hopefully he has a nice little reign with it. So we got Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. I hate to say it, but I don't think we're going to see a new champion here. I think Brock Lesnar is going to be dominant. And I think he's going to win just like he usually pretty much always does. And... We won't see the champion for a while. Just to piss us off. Just to make us complain on the internet and their webs. Then we got a women's takes all raw SmackDown women's championship match. We got Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, and I got Becky Lynch taking it all. I got her walking out of WrestleMania high with both the Raw and SmackDown women's championships. So, with that being said, I do want to say that the Hall of Fame this year will have D-Generation X, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, China, X-Pac, and the New Age Outlaws inducted, as well as the Honky Tonk Man, Tori Wilson, Harlem Heat, the Hart Foundation, and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. So with that being said, that wraps up this episode of the Duke's Dive. Hopefully in not too long here, we got a 41-minute podcast again, but uh, that's not too terrible. You know, put me on while you're working out or whatever, or just ignore me completely. Either way, it's up to you. But that was the episode of Duke's Dive. You know, still technically Thursday. It might be only an hour till Friday here. But hey, I got it up. I did it. I am in. I'm in the clear on this one, ladies and gentlemen. So it's been a pleasure recapping here for you. I'll be back next week with maybe a couple of these insane WrestleMania weekend matches to cover, as well as episode 52 of MLW and perhaps. The newest episode of NXT and NXT TakeOver. So with that being said, I'd like to wish you all a good day and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you very much.